Bienvenidos, welcome to the Latino Underground, a podcast dedicated to the reclamation and exploration of Latino identity. Through counter-narrative stories, we hope to give you tools by which to navigate an oppressive system. Stay tuned. Hey, what's up, mi gente? It's Jorge. Thank you for tuning in. In today's session, we're going to have a conversation with uh, the homie Journey. Um, and we're going to go ahead and stick with his uh, graph name because Journey's still active. So uh, we got to do our best to protect his identity, right? So the best way I could introduce Journey is uh, through this uh, track. Sometimes the illest cats roam the streets. streets. Underground legends. Cats you never heard of, but everybody know they the nicest. So yeah, that line right there to me is kind of describing Journey. Uh, Journey's a cat from Little Village, a graph artist who's been dedicated to the art for a good minute. We talk about knowledge and we talk about the dissemination of knowledge and um, non-traditional ways by which individuals uh, learn, right? Journey is a cat that, through his art form, has disseminated the knowledge um he has he's a cat who has been influential to many uh, graffiti artists which is why i was uh really looking forward to having a conversation with him um he's a cat straight from little village he's a cat who has been influential to hip-hop in chicago so without further ado here's our conversation so hey man first and foremost thanks for uh agreeing to do this man like i know you're uh you're a busy cat uh yeah no thank you for uh for taking the time to uh want to listen and um yeah i'm pretty busy with work and like um i'm also a father and stuff so uh kind of have to gamble all that stuff and try to find time for myself at this at the same time but yeah thank you for uh having me for sure no doubt bro so what is it that you do man you what, what do you work at yeah so i work in the maritime industry um i work on boats oh cheers i'm having a beer too <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's uh it's been a rough day so you work on boats, bro? Yeah, I work on boats uh, out in the lake and uh, river. I'm a, uh, I drive boats out there. I've been I've been in the maritime industry for like twenty years, so so I, that's what I do on my uh, my, my day job. So that's like a fucking um year round thing, dude. No, it's not. It's it's usually like from March to November, and then I um I actually bartend at the Lyric Opera uh in the winter time. I uh. I, yeah, that's where I work during the winter. And then what it's to see it's seasonal. So after when that's done, then I the boats start up in early March and I hop on that and shit. Oh, that's dope, bro. The grind never fucking stops, huh? Um so I like to start the podcast with um a common question, right? And that's uh when did you first realize that there was inequities within our educational system? Was there an experience that you might have had uh that alluded to that? Oh, wow. Um, so I went to a uh, Farragut high school in little village. Just, uh, I don't know if you went there, but, um, I, I can see what, what, what you mean by that. Um, it was, I, I really don't remember exactly, uh, how that came up with me. Um, but yeah, I mean, society, that's, that's the way it's been built, you know, for, for us. And it's, it's always been a struggle for us and Latinos in, in, in a, in little village in itself. And, and uh, how they teach and and uh, what they want us to know and what they what they expect from us, even though we come from a different culture and different background. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. It's kind of like a tough question for me, to be honest with you. No, I hear you, bro. I hear you. We could get back to that one. Este, but yeah, I attended Farragut um, my freshman year, dude. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that was my freshman year. I attended Farragut, and then afterwards, I went to Curie. But um, for the listeners, man, if you could uh, paint a picture of what Little Village is, as you know, as vividly as you can, like how would you describe it? How would you make someone who doesn't, who's never been to Little Village, imagine mm-hmm. Little Village? Oh wow! Like how it is now, or how it was when I grew up uh, there. Your take on it, bro? Like either or? <clears throat> oh wow! Well, I'll tell you from the beginning. Um, uh, my dad had a printing shop there uh, early on, like two blocks away from from high school, and um, this was what uh, I'm gonna say, like. 88 or something like that and um i mean we did my, my parents didn't know what type of neighborhood that was they just thought it, it's just like just the city that's just where we live and uh didn't was not aware of the fact that there was a lot of violence a lot of, a lot of gangs um drug dealing a lot of drug use and stuff like that um so for who someone who's never been there before it's got to say it's like it's a culture shock if you've never been there you know, it's, there's a lot of good things there. And there's also obviously a lot of bad things. You could actually see it. You can smell it. Uh, I personally experienced violence. I, I've seen a lot of crazy shit. Uh, so I'm oh, sorry for my language. Oh, I've seen a lot of, no, it's cool, bro. You can curse. Oh, cool. But <laughs> so, um, a lot of seen, I've seen, heard, uh, was, a um, a victim of, of, uh, I got, you know, I got beat up multiple times and shit, you know, got into multiple fights and, uh but that's just that's just our world that's just what it was we didn't know anything other than that you know what i'm saying so I mean, my parents thought that that's just the way it is here in in chicago you know what i'm saying but it's it's very rich in culture that's apps that's that's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful neighborhood uh very rich and you can see it just walking down 26th street or the small streets and stuff like that you can see it, the the Aleto, uh, elote ladies and the paleterias um, it's rich. It's so rich. It's like, it's overwhelming. Sometimes you, you love it, but at the same time, it's like a love and hate type of thing there. And, um, um, that's kind of what it is. You know, a lot of good food, uh, g- great people, very, very nice people aside, aside from the fact that there's a lot of, you know, gangs, it's, it's gangland. That's pretty much what it is. It's gangland. You know what I'm saying? They walk around, people look at you. They, you don't want to look at their eyes. Like if they're standing on the corner, you know, you got to follow a certain code uh, when you live there. Everybody, I'm sure a lot of people can relate with that. You can't wear certain colors. You know, we, we have, they have, it has its own rules. And uh, not a lot of neighborhoods are like that anymore. Uh, I'm going to bring it up to like today in present time. A lot of neighborhoods nowadays, they don't, it's not like that. But over there, I don't live there anymore, but it, it, it's almost like still kind of like stuck in time. It, through my eyes i feel like it's still kind of like the same it hasn't changed you know like the music that that was around i'm sure you can relate with this with me the music that was banging around in, in the cars and all that uh to this day they still use the same music like it's just culture that's, you know what i'm saying it's that's just the way it is that's how you grow up there either you're with it or you're not you know and uh as a kid um uh being growing up there you you have choices and there's there, you're very limited on choices, as you know. I'm sure you can relate with that. Um, either you're a gangbanger or you sell drugs, or and there's a few of us who are like, you know, into like uh, rock and rockeros or whatnot. And then there's like a small small patch of us that are like uh, into writing and graffiti. 
So, and it's very hard to do that because the, the gangs there, um, just the surrounding areas as well, um, you know, they're, they're kind of against that, you know, it's like they don't, they don't understand it. So it was, it, it's even harder to try and pick one of those things. For me, I picked graffiti and art. Um, and that was difficult on itself too, to try to fit in, in the neighborhood because, you know, the gangs were like, like, you know, what are you doing? Like, that's, that, that doesn't go well here, you know, but that's kind of in a nutshell. That's kind of how it is there. You know, I mean, it's a beautiful place, but you know, it's, uh, you have to be very careful, um, and just follow the rules pretty much. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's, there's a lot to unpack there, right? Like, um, Let's start with uh with, with your parents, man. Did you uh did you migrate? Did your parents migrate here at a later, at a later age or? Oh, they did. Yeah, I came here. I don't know, like. Uh, I think I was like maybe like three or four or something like that. I was born in uh in Mexico okay. in Durango, and uh, my my mom came here first. My grandmother came here first, and then um, she had like family up in like Rockford or something like that. And then my mom came, and my dad came along with us, but he got stuck at the border. Uh, we flew in, as a matter of fact, uh, contrary to what other people say. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, we flew in. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter how we flew in, but we, we got here. Um, my, right. So, peace out to Roberto, whoever that is. He let me go, get in here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that was my name on the plane. I mean, honestly. So... Oh, that's dope. Bro. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember my mom. It was really funny. My mom was like, she's like, remember, your name's Roberto, blah, 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 and all this. And I was like, all right, cool. This is like this child. It's like, well, what the hell is my name? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? So, um, yeah, my dad got caught. I mean, I got caught. He, he, he got held by, by security and wasn't able to board the plane to come over here. So I had to wait for him, uh, I think, like a year or so, a year and a half. But he, he made it out. Um, you know, we stood at my, um, my aunt's place for a couple of years until my dad got back on his feet and stuff like that. So that's, that's pretty much how that happened. But he ended up having his own business. So he's a success and through my eyes. He, of course. he, he struggled and stuff like that, but he made it through and he, he gave me the opportunity to, um, to grow as, as a kid and to this day as an adult. So, so family structure wise, dude, like it's, um, it's you, your parents, other siblings or just, uh, you're the only kid. Yeah. No. So. I'm, I'm the only kid for my parents, personally. Um, I have a half-brother on my mom's side. Um, he, um, he's uh, like three or four years older than I am. Um, uh, he lived with us uh, for a short period of time when I was young. Uh, he fell into, um, he had like mental health issues that we were not aware about. That's another thing that, uh, that we don't know. It, it's like, just like ignorance, you know, not knowing, recognizing if someone has mental health issues. Uh, my brother was suffering through that. We didn't know. My parents didn't know. And uh, he, he fell into drug use. He was not a gangbanger or anything like that, but he fell into like some drug, like heavy drug use. And uh, we lost him through, uh, which, I mean, he, he's not, he's, he hasn't passed away, but um, we, we lost, we lost him to the streets. Uh, he was like homeless for a few months, couldn't find him. So, I mean, that's Little Village too, you know, he's kind of like fell in the bad hole and um that was that was a big struggle for us growing up uh, when I was growing up, and it caused a lot of a lot of issues within the family. Um, you know, again, it's just part of like living in that in that environment, you know, and, and trying to like move forward and make uh, make some sense out of it. And to this day, we're still getting out of it. Honestly, I mean, he's doing a lot better, but like it totally jacked shit up, you know. So, 
And you know what's crazy about it, man? Like, it sucks, right? Because, like, as we're talking, like, like you're saying, that's part of it, right? And we normalize this shit. We right. normalize, like, these difficulties because that's the way we, like, rationalize, right. like, surviving, right? But, like, this shit isn't normal. It's fucking, it's our struggles. Right. Yeah. It's, it's our, like, fucking badges of, like, of honor to, like, fucking... You know, to be able to overcome this shit. Yeah, it's 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 not easy. I mean, uh, it's people. Yeah, it, it. You're right. It's it's not easy at all. I mean, it's like you said. It it just seems like it's that's just normal for us, but it's not. And and how do you deal with that? Growing up, you're having your own uh, growing pains as a kid, being a teenager and stuff like that, and and then having to put that on top of you. It's like whoa, like. Like, is this really how it is? Like, gang violence and drug use and, like, so it was very confusing. Um, I had some issues as well with that. Not not that bad, but, I mean, I, I fell into some some troubled times myself and almost, I hung around with a lot of gangbangers and, uh, you know, obviously messed around with some drugs here and there, but never never got into that. But, um, but the, I mean, sadly, a lot of those um, friends of mine that were into gangs, a lot of them, I'm going to say about 30% of them, they, they died. Like I, I, I've dealt, I'm sure, I don't, I'm sure a lot of people can relate with this. It's like, I, I lost a lot of friends that were gangbangers, really good friends, actually really good people, like just genuine good folks. Uh, super cool. I mean, man, like, really cool people. And it's, they were just part of, they were just a product of the environment, sadly. And they weren't able to get out. They didn't have the support. You know what I'm saying? And um, uh, luckily for me, I had my parents. Uh, they had their own issues as well. You know, a lot of alcoholism and shit like that. But um, but they were very supportive. My dad was always very tough on me, very strict. And um, I'm just glad that I was able to have a solid, some sort of a stable mind because I was working in my dad's printing shop. And I had, you know, I, I just had to be there and I had to work. So he, he built me to be strong. So, and I appreciate that. And you need that in that neighborhood. You got to be mentally strong, physically uh, as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, legit. Like, so, damn. Like you said, you said, you said a bunch of little nuggets of knowledge, you know, that I, that I want to fucking tap into. But like the most important, like, and it, it's crazy, dude. Like, in all honesty, like I was, I was looking forward to uh, chatting with you for quite some time because you're a cat that grew up in a little village, you know? And for me, like this, this podcast and this like dissertation like all this like like shifted with what happened with adam toledo you know who, who was a little oh yeah you know who's a oh yeah grew up in uh in in little village who got killed by cops right oh oh absolutely i, I mean dude i grew up half a block away from where that happened Li- like literally half a block like I know with I know exactly the same location because there's like a gas station right there. There's like a, a church, and around the corner was my dad's printing shop. So I know exactly. I used to hang out like right there with my friend um, and his, with, with our dogs and stuff. But yeah, I mean that's sad. And and again, uh, looking back on it, it's like yeah, I mean the cops did. I, I don't take sides. I never I never take sides on anything like that. But as a parent now as well as a parent. Now I'm just like, man, like, you know, like, what were you doing out there so late? You know, like, so it's a lack of support from, from, from the parents and all that. But again, it's, it's a sad, it's a sad situation, but 
also it hopefully it opens up a lot of people's minds in the neighborhood uh, about how bad and how bad things can get there and it, it, we need help. Like a lot of kids there, they need help. They need attention. They need after after school programs. They need counselors. They need um, uh, just a whole bunch of stuff like that. You know, just uh, for me, it was uh, like I, you said, BTB, born a bomb. Uh, like that was my first big family, and uh, Riddle, and then he was my actually he was my mentor uh, for a long. He taught me how to paint. He taught me a lot of cool techniques, and to this day, he's been my mentor and he was my, he was my second father almost, you know, and it saved my life. So you, you need that support, you know, somehow, somewhere. So journey, talk to me about that, man. Talk like, like, let's think about your education on a, on a chronological like aspect, right? Like think about education from like the time you were fucking in uh in kindergarten huh. um, to the time you got fucking to Farragut. Right. And then yeah. talk to me about like that, that, that fucking development, like how it was, and then how you fucking uh just got into like graph as a whole. Oh wow, yeah, I was just actually talking about this to somebody else uh, not too long ago. So initially, when we got here, I grew, I, I, I was in Pilsen, and I went to Cooper, which is right there was a laundromat right there, right by the post office. Um, I went there for like for uh, for preschool and stuff. I remember that and. Um, that was uneventful besides getting chased by like some Doberman in the alley. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my brother used to, yeah, anyway. Um, but then we went over to Little Village and then um, went to uh, Spry right there across the, across the street from the, right on the boulevard yeah. by uh, Salcedo. Yeah. Um, and that was good. I, I had, I love being at Spry. I mean, I really got a, a lot of support there from a lot of my teachers. Um, that's what I started realizing that, um, like graph existed. Um, initially, it started for me when in Pilsen, I used to have British Knights. I don't know if anybody, anybody remembers those shoes. I remember those that sneakers, <laughs> those BKs, right? Yeah. So um, I used to, I don't know why, but I used to just grab a marker. My dad used to have these markers from the printing shop and, and I used to write BK on people's cars for some, for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it's like at arcades, I would write BK. And then people were like, oh, what do you write? It's like, oh, it's my shoes because I wear them. But I had no idea like graph existed. I was a very young kid. Not until later on when I went to grammar school, um, like I started seeing these magazines. And it was like, what? Like, like there's other people like me? It was like, like I thought it was just me. Uh, but no, it's like other people like to write on shit too. And I was like, whoa. Like, there's a bigger thing here. I was like, I kind of want to be friends with them. Like, we kind of think alike. So and that's kind of like how, how it began. And then from there, graduated grammar school. Uh, I started bombing very early. Like, oh, man, um, I can't even, I don't know, seventh grade, sixth grade. No shit. You were bombing in seventh yeah, grade? Yeah, just kind of like writing, really. I don't know if I call it bombing. I mean, you know. I just started writing, dude. I don't know. Just writing. On, it starts in the neighborhood. You know, it starts in your yeah. fucking alley and like, you know, at the little tiendita on the corner and shit. Um, just writing in the neighborhood. And then from there, it was like. And then you get that high, right? Like yeah. The, the adrenaline, you know. What, what is that like, bro? Explain it to someone who has never fucking tagged or, oh, or wow. fucking bombed. Like, what is that like? What is that like? That's a great question. I don't know. You got to go out there and try it, bro. Uh, but it, it's like, 
it's uh it's i it's sublime it's just wow um you you just kind of like it's almost as if you're finding your you just have this adrenaline and like this rush of 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 of, of life it's like you i it's, it's really hard to to describe to someone how that feels it's almost like seeing um seeing something that that is there but it's invisible and then finally seeing it you're like oh wow i like that i like the way that looks i want to do it some more you know and it wasn't just to get up per se or to be cool because for me it was never about being cool it was always i would always do it just for myself because it made me feel good uh it's almost as if eating a good meal or like taking a vacation or it just feel like that satisfaction of 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 seeing it and feeling it you know what i mean I, it's really hard to describe honestly i can't find the words for it no dude like i mean dude i get it you know like i i've struggled with it as well you know and it's oh yeah okay it's it's yeah and it, it's it, that shit never goes away right like i haven't bombed for fucking shit oh. you know? like i haven't bombed in like well over fucking 20 years oh know? wow yeah and, no it does not go away i i still feel it um so I, I still get down every once in a while, not as much as before when I try to squeeze it in. And it's now it's, I feel it, but it's, it's more so of a lifestyle. So I guess you could say I'm kind of numb to it, but I still, I get that satisfaction of, of it being me. Cause now I'm 40 years old and um, I, it's the only thing that is still there from when I was really young. And that's, that's a very rare thing to, to feel is like, imagine doing something when you're a little kid and then when you're older, you're a parent, you're, you're an adult, you have a career and still having something that, that's been there your whole life and you still do it and you still feel it. It's a beautiful thing. And I, I, I love it. It's a lifestyle. I, I think about, which is now why we have, uh, I was a co-founder of Gravaholics and uh, now it's like now we have chapters in different states out west, and uh, it's a lifestyle where that's just what we live and breathe. Uh, aside from the fact from our jobs and careers and being a parent, but it's it's something that uh, I, it's never going to go away. It's if I stop doing it, I I would literally be lying to myself about who I am, you know. So it's it's one of those things like a musician, you know what I mean, or. Uh, it's the same thing. You drop that guitar or the violin. It's it's your life. You know, somebody once told me, a, a good friend of mine named uh, Damage uh, Raul, uh, who, who introduced me into like hardcore graffiti in like early high school. Uh, dude, I didn't even know you don't Damage Raul. Oh, yeah, Damage Raul for sure. That's my buddy, dude. We share the same birthday. Um, yeah, HQ. I was HQ, HQ, HQ all day. Uh, and yeah, he was he was MUL briefly, I believe. Uh, yeah. I thought he still rocked it. Nah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he's a great artist right now, as a matter of fact. He does great canvases. Super dope guy. I love him. He's like he's literally like he's the closest thing to a brother for me when I was growing up. Uh, introduced me to like like real hardcore rap, like just like bombing, you know, and being real. And I remember I remember him telling me one day. Uh, I think I had somebody's book or somebody's black book. And, and I was like, oh, I forgot to give it to him. It's been like, I don't know, a few months. He's like, hey, man, for some people, that's all they have is that black book, dude. Like, you should give it back. And I was like, man, you know, you're right. Like, that, that's true. I st it started like 
you know, it hit me and I was like, you're right, dude. Like some people, that's all they have. And, and you have to respect that, whether it's being a musician or a graph writer or an artist or whatever, like you have to respect that and, and let them be and give them, give it back to them, whatever, whatever you have from them. But uh, yeah, I mean, Raul's super cool, man. Uh, one of my guys for sure. All right, bro. So going back, uh, you're a shorty, fucking seventh grade. You start exploring graffiti. Yep. Um, part of the show I like exploring is um, not tra- non-traditional knowledge, right? Like, yep. Like for example, like your dad, bro. He's a um, he's a printmaker, right? Yeah, he was. Yep. He was a he was a printer. Yeah, printer. Printer, right? That that's a whole body of knowledge. Yep. That doesn't require a degree and shit. Just like um, like uh, Riddle can be considered a fucking educator. Oh, right. for sure. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like, that cat did so much for the community and, like, taught so many youngsters and shit. You know? So, um, let's go through that shit, bro. Yeah. So, MC 7th grade. Yeah. Just, um, um, my dad, I was, I was, I just, I pretty much just grew up in a printing shop. Like, you know, my dad had tons of paper everywhere, dude. Like, just boxes and boxes of paper. Um, he was a. I see his his nickname there was Maestro. Uh, translation, the, the, you know, the uh, Maestro, you know, so the master. So he was he was just like super. He was super genius at like with the ink and, and getting the right colors. And he's a perfectionist, you know. And when I was a little kid, I used to watch him the whole time, and he used to educate me on the machines and like what each part did. How how in, in other words, the way I took it, my mind. Well, the way I feel like he was trying to tell me, it was like, you know, every every part in this machine has a job to do uh, to create this this image, this piece of art. And if something, I remember clearly, it's funny you mentioned that, he's telling me like, if this part breaks, like, it depends on how long it's broken, like, we won't have any money. Like, so you have to take care of each little part, right? Because it's very crucial for the machine and I, I take that into like being uh, one of the one of the senior members in in, in Gravaholics was like you got to take part you got to take care of each each piece because you know it's a big part of the product what we pump out at the end of the day right so um, that's kind of where I was at when I, I was a kid I was just being educated by my dad and at the same time I met Riddle because Riddle used to go in that printing shop and my dad used to print out his comic books so Riddle the uh, comics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy used. To, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he used to. He used to go. He used to call himself the Blonde Bomber. You saw Riddle. Okay. Blonde Bomber. Yeah, yeah. Um. He says blonde. I don't know if you remember him. He's had blonde hair. He's a. Uh, he's like half white, half Puerto Rican, and Mexican. Complete, just wild dude in the hood. Um. So yeah, bro, Riddle. Uh, describe him to us. Who is Riddle? Ah, uh, who is Riddle? That's that. That would never be able to. Uh, answer that question visually he was just like this <laughs> oh man i need another beer um who is the, who is this man go get it bro i'll wait for you man oh dude for real all right, cool. yeah, go right, right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh man riddle Jeez. um he was just like this i, I just well first of all i just started seeing drawings uh, pages of his comic books at, at my dad's and he, he would bring home like some clips or like some some messed up prints that he had uh he would just bring them in he'd be like oh mijo here ch- check them out like you like to draw look look at this stuff and i was like whoa like what the fuck is this you know 
who did this? And then I would hang out. He's like, he comes like almost every Friday or some shit or every Saturday to pick some stuff up. And I was like, oh, well, like, you mind if I go there and kind of see if I could get a glimpse of him? And he was there and he would just be like, hey, what's up, kid? Blah, blah, blah. He always wear like a leather jacket, uh, leather jacket, uh, always wore black, never, no, nothing else. Fucking super cool dude, huge personality, like always cracking jokes, very outgoing, almost impossible to hate. Like you would just drawn to him, you know what I mean? Like super cool dude, super artistic, had blonde, long blonde hair, like fucking Fabio, whoever remembers <laughs> Fabio. And I was like, who the fuck is like, who the hell is this dude? You know, like as a kid, I was like, hell, completely out of place in the, in the neighborhood. So I was like, man, I kind of like him. He's different. So, and to this day, I, you know, I've, I'm always, a lot of writers, I'm going to say artists, we like different shit. We like things that are not normal we that's what that's what inspires us yeah yeah and that's that's who riddle was and that's how i kind of met him and uh he would come by give me like books and stuff and not until high school when i went to farragut that uh i met like i met damage i met uh uh stare uh caesar he's a tattoo he's a nice famous he's a really famous tattoo artist nowadays um and he was BTB DCU and he was like, Hey, you want to come through? And I was like, yeah, I know Riddle when I was a kid. And so that's kind of how they came up, man. After that, it's like history. So what was the age difference between you and Riddle? Oh, wow. When I met him, he was like, uh, 32 to 35. Yeah. He was like in his early thirties and I was like, I don't know. No, wait, I'm sorry. When I met him when I was a kid, I'm sure he was in his, like, mid-20s. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to, like, when I actually started hanging out with him. So, like, mid-20s, you're what? Eighth grade, seventh grade? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, something like I don't remember clearly, but yeah, something around there. Um, that's kind of like when I started, when I, when I met him, when I would see him around on his bike. He was, I was on his bike. To this day, he's still on his bike. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still on his bike. Uh, he lives on the south side now, I believe. Um, uh, he loves that KFC, that's for sure. Uh, but because uh, I see his bike out there, and I'm like, "Yo, what's up, Rich?" So I still go. I, I know where he goes, and like crashes uh, the restaurant sometimes, and we have a little chat. But um, that's kind of how that came up, you know. Uh, All right. So then, uh, you're in the print shop. You're exposed to this cat Riddle, who's doing uh, comics. And you engage to this shit, right? So then you go to high school, freshman year, boom. What happens there? Yeah, I met met Damager freshman year, boom, in English class. And he was already writing. Oh yeah, he was already writing big time. Like he was, he was. I I remember I remember walking by his desk. I was passing out like some sheets or whatever for the teacher, and uh, and and I was like, Yo, what up? Like, what you doing there? <laughs> My dude's like, What you doing there? Yeah, and I was like, What you doing, dude? And he's like, Oh, what's up? He's like, oh, I like to draw. I didn't say I like to I write. I was just like, oh, I like to draw. I didn't know how to approach him because he's like, like what I saw on paper, what he was doing, it just seemed very advanced for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, whoa, that's pretty dope. Like, how do you get into that? How do you do that? Uh, you know, and he was like, yeah, come on. You should come by. We're going to hang out. So that's how I met him and uh, Caesar, Stare, 
uh, he was already breakdancing. Like, he was, like, way advanced. He was, like, way up there. there. In other words, I came in with them, and they were, like, way advanced, way more advanced than I was. And I was playing catch-up. And right away, I was like, yo, I, I, I want to be a part of this. This is, like, super fucking cool shit. And I feel like it was a part, like, I belong there. Not, again, not to be cool, but just to, just because that's, I felt like uh, there was a calling. I was like, dude, this is, like, calling me. So throughout whole high school, you know, I screwed up during high school. Uh, sadly, because of that, too. Uh, you know, fucking just going out there at night and just being, being an upperhead, you know, being, being, being that. And then uh, it just opened up the door for a lot of different things. I started really getting into art, went to a lot of, like, UIC uh, workshops. And uh, I had a really supportive uh, teacher there, uh, Ms. Snowden. Uh, she recognized the fact that I was into graph and, um, and, and, and Farragut, you know, it's, people are going to, teachers are going to look down or frown upon, like, if you're doing graffiti. They don't understand that that's, that's an outlet for us in the, in the neighborhood. Just because we're not using, like, oil on canvas or acrylic or, or chalk or, or whatnot, whatever, um, it doesn't mean that we're not artists, you know. So, but she recognized the fact that it was important in my life. And she understood the fact, she understood where she was, where that school was in Little Village and that it was important for me. Um, and she hooked me up with a lot of different people in, in school, like um, some people who were doing like all these art projects on walls. Like I was already like, I was already piecing when I was in freshman, like sophomore year. I mean, junior of sophomore year, I was already doing like getting into production because of Riddle. Like right away, he got me like, he got me in quick. It was overwhelming because I was like, what are we going to do today? He's like, oh, we're going to paint this giant wall. I was like, whoa, what? You know, so because of that, I had experience very early on. And um, uh, so I was like actually uh, in, in charge of like a lot of art groups within Farragut to go do like neighborhood murals around 26th Street. And I was like the head, the head leader, the head planner for a lot of these walls because of that. And I got to give it up to that teacher, Miss Snowden. She hooked it up, you know, and um, she gave me that support that I needed. Crucial, so crucial. Uh, and a lot of obviously other teachers as well that were very supportive and stuff. And my, my friends and my parents uh, recognized that. And they, they just kind of like they followed through. They came. Uh, they, uh, they gave me the support that I needed um, when it when it was necessary. So that's kind of like how high school was. You know, um, so that's like your formal education slash informal education. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah, that's it. So now let's talk about like this graph knowledge, this hip hop knowledge that comes to uh, into fruition. Right. And how Riddle has a role in it. Right. He plays he plays a part in this. How did that come to be, bro? Wow. How does he do that? How did he do that? Wow. I don't know. I really don't know how he did that. I just he would. uh uh, with Raul, uh, with, with Damager, we would we, we would mostly party, honestly, in high school, you know, party, yeah. get drunk, get high. And then once we got high and drunk, if it was when it was late enough, we'd go out bombing, hit up by docks and stuff, you know, hit up some fucking outlines, you know, do uh, hit up some freights, do some tagging on some freights and street bombing. Um, but with Riddle, that's when it really became serious. Because of he just kind of like, he was like, Hey, listen, I see a lot of potential in you. And I see, I see what you're doing. Like, um, why don't you like come over 
And again, it was kind of weird because I was such a young kid and he was an older man. So and I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I remember, I remember my mom asking like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I'm going to go with that guy with the leather jacket and the blonde hair. My mom's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> so I was like, all right. My mom's like, my dad's like, nah, that guy's cool. So, you know, I would hang out with him and stuff. And he would like show me his drawings and he would like educate me on, on just a bunch of super cool things. He would show me his work and it literally blew my mind. And I was like, man, I want to be like him. You know, like I want, I want to draw like him. I want to be like him, but uh, you know, I like, I want to paint big walls, you know? And, but that's kind of like how that, how that happened, you know, just uh, with him, it became a lot more serious. Like I, I was, I know, B2B's, yeah, it's it's kind of hard. Uh, also, Menace, man, Salski, you know, Sal was a big influence in my life too. When I was writing, we started writing with his concepts of like paint concepts, like coloring concepts, and and how, what letters are and what they can be and what you want them to be. Um, so he gave me like this weird abstract idea of what letter because graffiti is letters, right? Mm -hmm. Without letters, it's not graph. Mm -hmm. Um, so with Salski, he taught me that wall style, you know, and all that. So B2B educate, like that was my, my education right there was in B2B. And, and that was like the, the that was like my college year, you can say, uh, for graph, you know, mm -hmm. that's when the higher learning came into play of like graffiti and stuff. Um, that was it right there. So yeah, that's it. So, Journey, man, you know what's crazy? As you're talking, man, the one thing I, I keep on thinking about is um, academia, yeah. you know, and this, uh, this this whole dissertation process and how, well, part of the dissertation process, man, you have to do what is called a lit review, which is basically um, look at previous writings on the topic, like all those scholars that came before you, what have they said about the topic? And as I was reading, as I was doing the research, like, it's all done in a very fucking inorganic way, right? Um, and I was going to fall into that shit, too. Um, and the way it's written about, it's almost like if these scholars, right, these quote-unquote fucking, you know, um, experts in the field, uh, they, they write about it as if though hip-hop was planted, you know, uh, and there was magic beanstalks, you know, hip-hop magic beanstalks, and then one day in fucking, you know, in the 60s, you know, um, late 60s, whatever, um, hip-hop was born, and the elements were born, and graffiti was born, and DJing was born, right? And fucking, you know, like, hip-hop came to be. And it's not like that. Hip-hop is organic. Hip-hop is experience, right? Hip-hop is, is taught in a non-traditional manner. Um, it's what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like... You have to go through it. You, you have to. Go. It's like boot camp. You know what I'm saying? You have to go through it. Every fucking obstacle, you know, you have to go through it in order to see it and and know what hip hop is. And that's really what I, what I'm. That my the whole story. What I'm telling you, it's it's like yes, graph, yeah, graffiti, but it's hip hop. It's under the umbrella of hip hop, and that's really what it's all about. It's understanding what hip hop means. And what it what it means, what it what it what I thought it meant back in the day when I was a kid, and what it means now. To me now, hip hop is like it's it's ever it's not everything for me, but um it's definitely it. And 
I have to take care of it. It's my, it's nowadays, it's my responsibility uh, to take care of it on my, whatever I can do to take care of it, whatever I can do on my behalf, you know? But yeah, like you said, it's something we have to go through. Yeah, man. I agree 100%, you know? Um, so journey shifting gears a little, bro. Um, I know it's hard, but how would you define hip hop? Oh, wow. What is hip hop? Hip hop is to you. To me, hip hop is being you and being truthful to yourself. And um, hip hop is also loving yourself, loving who you are. And if you like something, you enjoy it and, is, and you put effort into it and, it and you're satisfied with it, it's regarding music, art, um, uh, dancing, obviously the four of the, all the elements and, but hip hop in general is, is, is whatever makes you feel happy. Uh, and it needs to be shared. If it's not shared, then it's not hip hop because it's it, hip hop was designed. It wasn't designed, but it, it flourished into something that it, it, it's supposed to, cons it's, it's supposed to consume everyone and yet it needs to be shared. With it, like again, it's like music, dance, art, and all that stuff. It's it needs to be shared, practiced, and it needs to be loved. To me, that's what hip hop is. It's 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 sharing it and having a good time with it. It's you know, I grew up when I was B2B, I was Zulu, and I still believe on the Zulu Nation. So, and that's a, that's actually a raw definition of what Zulu Nation is: is having a good time and and sharing it. So for me, hip hop is is sharing the love, what you do, sharing what you do with others. That's hip hop in, in my book and loving, loving what you're doing. Johnny, you mentioned Zulu, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Listeners who don't understand Zulu, like how does that intersect with hip hop and how does that come into like your life? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a very old concept. When I was growing up, I didn't understand it. Um, it's just like, a, it's an organization. It's a, it's a group of, it's an idea. It's a, it's a philosophy. It's a, it's a philosophy um, of, um, man, it's kind of hard to describe, honestly. I haven't talked about it in a long time. Sorry about that. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a way of thinking of yeah. what, what hip hop is. Um, it's, it's like, um, it's an idea. Um, it's, it's, it's just an idea. And of, of how to carry yourself um, uh, and how to, it's almost as if it's a, pardon me, um, uh, a compass. It, it shows you the way of how to, how to carry yourself in, when you're in that world, in that subculture, in hip hop, in, in the underground. Like you need direction, okay? You do. I mean, yeah, you could be a writer in the, like, and, Sure, you can do all this and that, go bombing, you can hit trains, you go all this, but yeah, but it's like, what are you doing? You know, you need to have a purpose. What is the purpose? What is the direction? Where are you going? It's almost like a set of rules, almost, you know, but it's, it's just an idea. You have to have an idea of where it's going to go. Like, what is the point of this? Is it to make you feel good? Is it to gather? Is it to help people? Is it to help people? It is, uh, honestly. Um, like, like what, that's kind of like what it is, Zulu. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know it stems back to like 
with Africa, Bumbara and all that stuff. Um, that's a whole different book. Uh, but that's kind of where I, where it came from, from, from what I know when I was a kid. Um, I was briefly in it with Riddle and stuff like that. I went, I attended a couple of meetings. Um, it's just about helping. Uh, it's like a, helping each other in the culture and spreading the word out and, and supporting it and making it stronger and also uh, spreading it out all over the world. It's more of like, hey, let's blow this shit up. You know what I mean? As, as a, as a com- it's a community. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of, that's my understanding at this point. Uh, you could take it either way. I don't know. That's just what I felt, what it was. It, it, it's it's uh, subjective. Uh, it has its own base, but it's somewhat subjective as well. You know, take it what, take what it is, you know. No, that's uh, that's that's a great explanation, bro. That's a great way to uh, to break it down. Um, so, journey, man. Um, when you look at a lot of when you look at a lot of graph artists, um, sometimes, right? Like um, a lot of us are singular. We're good at one thing. Uh, how do you go and become this um, this artist who's well versed? How does that happen? So, in other words, in B two B, there was like a lot of cats that were into uh, different things. You had like your 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 piecing guys and you had your bombing guys and you had like your breakers. We had DJs. So like we literally had all the elements in the crew. We had some MCs. So when we would go to parties and stuff like that, it, we, we, we were stacked. We had, we had a little bit of everything. So when I would hang out with Riddle, it was like, okay, you're going to be educated on like the art, the piecing, the, the inking of like drawing and being and doing that. I would hang out with like, with Betts back in the day, Betts BTB. He was a bomber. Uh, I would hang out with him and go bombing with him. I would hang out with Sal. Sal would uh, tell me about just like these like theories of how to color and how to think outside the box and stuff like that, you know? Um, and then I would hang out with Menace. He was, he was like a break dancer, old school break dancer. And he was a bomber. So I would hang out with him, party with him. And stuff. So I got my education was like from all these different cats. It wasn't just one person, but Riddle took me mostly under his wing, uh, just to to be a good artist. Um, he, like he didn't want me to just be that that guy where it was like a one hit wonder, like oh yeah he comes in bombs pieces he's done. He's like no nah, I want I could tell that you're really into it, and he was like he was taking care of our he he was nourishing that relationship. And he carried it on for a long time with me. He would give me like all these really cool pens and, um, you know, teach me about lighting work. Uh, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to college or anything like that. Um, but I did go to a lot of like uh, workshops and stuff. But he would he would te- he was teaching me way like super cool advanced shit. Um, so he taught me just a lot of line work and like inking, which to this day, um, that is my biggest uh, strength is inking because of Riddle. Uh, and because of that, in my work on, on the wall too, it's, it's, it's BTB in back of my head painting that it's my arm doing that. Uh, obviously a little bit of me being modern and, and making my own way. Uh, but that's kind of how that was, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, bro. I get you. I get you. Um, so journey, it's, it's not uncommon for graffiti artists, uh, to switch crews. Um, were you always BTB or did you, uh, did you end up switching? How did that, how did that work out? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, my whole high school, I was, I was BTB and until Riddle was kind of like phasing off because 
whatever reason was going on. We had a bunch of new members from other crews that were joining in. Uh, we had some issues with that. That's a whole different story. I don't want to get into that. But um, uh, d- during, during like my senior year, like shortly after, um, I, cr- I, I, came, I created like Grabaholics. Oh, senior um, year, really? High school? Yeah, something like, something like that. I, I graduated high school in 99. And um, so somewhere around there, it was 96, 97 that I started like Grabaholics. Uh, Oric and I, were, I started the name and Oric kind of joined in. It was like a sub crew for BTB because DCU was kind of like, it was, it was not there anymore, which I'm pretty sad about because I wanted to take over that and kind of like run it. But so it was just Grabaholics. That's kind of like how it came about. And that was the beginning of where we're at now, honestly. Uh, it, I just, I just wanted to, I always wanted, I always wanted to make my own crew, you know, and not to say that I didn't want to be in B2B. I love B2B. I'm, I mean, once B2B, you're always B2B. I'm, I'm bored of bomb to death to, till I die. Um, but um, that's kind of how it came out. You know, just like, I wanted to keep it going and I always wanted to make my own thing. I always like making my own things. Uh, I was being pretty creative and stuff like that. And I was like making, even for like Halloween, making my own ha- Halloween costumes, you know, but uh, that's kind of how it came out. Like just, uh, just make my own crew and kind of like ha- have it within BTB. Um, and then Riddle kind of phased out and then he, he gave the crew to me and stare uh, to run it. Um, yeah, so we were running it. I was running that BK wall and, and Stair was like running like the bombing. He was, we're all kind of like doing our own jobs there. It was a little you bit guys chaotic. You had a lot of walls, right? Yeah, we had a, several walls. We lost a lot of them to the city. Um, the, the bro, you know, the brown buff, how they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were running it for, for a couple of years. It was a short run. Um, and then we, uh, we had some issues along the way. And then, um, you know, a lot of us uh, decided to drop out for whatever reason. Uh, that's a whole different story. But um, and then uh, we just kind of like ran with uh, that was like the end of my, the B2B uh, era for in my life personally. And kind of like just ran, ran with like uh, Graphaholics. Um, so that was uh, post high school? Yeah, post high school. That's yeah. So you could say high school was like B2B. And then post high, school, uh, post high school was like B2B slash Graphaholics, the beginning of it. Uh, and then completely just Graphaholics. You know, we had like another crew before actually having the Graphaholics crew officially uh, after B2B. Uh, we went through a few little phases there, but ultimately it went back to like Graphaholics. You know? So, Journey, think about school, man. Uh, was there an intersection between um, hip hop and school? And if so, uh, what was it? Meaning that uh, did hip hop have an influence on on your schooling? Oh wow! Um, I gotta say, it definitely it did screw me up a little bit, just because I wasn't able to manage it. Manage it. That was my fault. Um, everybody has their own deficiencies in that, you know, whether they can manage a lot of things at the same time. For me, you know, I was never into school. You know, what I'm saying I didn't like school. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at the end of the day. Uh, when I graduated, I had straight A's, so I realized that I was actually a pretty, pretty, pretty smart guy. I didn't know that, you know. But um, you know, I would cut school to go bomb. I would cut school to go paint. Um, you know, I would, my parents didn't know. You know, I would sneak out at night, fucking go paint, and you know how it goes. So, 
you know, just being a knucklehead and I didn't care for school. You know, I wasn't even into like girls and shit. You know, I, I didn't care about girls. Like, it's like, dude, I like to paint, you know, unless you're a girl that likes to paint, let's go paint. But I wasn't even, into, you know, so uh, it, it really, it jacked me up a little bit just because I wasn't able to handle it. And that was my fault. Um, but later on, I realized that um, I was a pretty smart dude. Um, and hip hop actually, because of the amount of work that I was doing with Riddle and the amount of attention that I was putting into, like paying attention to Riddle regarding art and the philosophy of hip hop and what a crew is, I was like, man, if I was to apply this to school, I'd be fucking okay. <laughs> See what I'm saying, right? So my attention was going elsewhere instead of school. So I wasn't able to, uh, you know, kind of like balance that out. But it interfered with school for sure. I mean, uh, but it, it all depends on who you are and how you handle it. Um, I handled it very poorly on my behalf, um, but I was able to graduate on time, um, did my thing. Um, but it, the discipline that I've learned with Riddle and, and, and being in that crew, it, it helped me finish school. And so it actually actually helped me, you know, because I was doing some pretty advanced stuff and it was hard shit, you know. Uh, and when I started like applying myself in school after that, I was like, man, I got to get my shit together here. I, I want to graduate. Um, then it, it, it kicked in and I, I was like, wow, shit, you know, it, it's working out. And now in, in retrospect, I realized that it was just because of the amount of work that I was putting in with, with, with the BTBs. Um, that work ethic that my dad taught me, first of all, and also what I learned with Riddle and the crew of how to get shit done, in other words. And it's um and it's hella interesting, right? Because part of what it means to live in poverty or or to live in the hood um is a lack of resources, right? Like we don't have the community centers, we don't have the ability to enroll in like special classes, you know. Right. Um we don't have that. So then what it means is that you're left with limited op limited options in terms of socializing, right? So for for kids, for Latino males growing up, um options are really limited, right? Um you know, you have gangs right. and you have, you know, like you know, graphing, I guess, hip hop. So for me, like hip hop was my savior in that sense, yeah. right? Because it was an alternative to the gang life. Oh, for sure. It definitely saved my life too. I remember. Um, oh yeah. I mean, luckily a lot of my friends that were Kings, um, they, after a while, they respected what I did, you know, cause I dressed differently. I, but I, they were my friends cause I knew them before they were gang. They were like in, in their, in their groups. So I was like, I don't care if you're a gangbanger. I was like, I still want to hang out with you. You're my friend. So after a while, they actually started like asking me questions. I'm like, hey, uh, what kind of cans should we get? <laughs> or what kind of caps should we get? And I would recommend caps like, yo, you guys need this. You know, you got to make your shit look good. You don't want to be whack. You know, so it's not it's not that I was at their side. OK, uh, but it was just like they were just asking me questions and I was able to just uh, supply them with uh, with some things that they were needed for them. You know what I'm saying? But um, it was hard, man. It's it's not easy, that's for sure. You know, and and what's true about it all is like, dude, like even within all this, right? Like 
the ability and the knowledge, like the caps, like all that. That's that that's such fucking like nuances that people see a fucking piece or they see like the throw up or they see a fucking tag and they're like, whatever, you know. But there's so much that goes into it, and that's all knowledge that's disseminated. Like you learned it from someone else, like I learned it from someone else. Like there's like generational teachings of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember Menace. Um, he used to pick up, I, I, I remember, I mean, we didn't have caps back in the day. We just used like stock caps <laughs> and right. And in BTP, Riddle was like, you need to piece with stock caps and or go bombing with stock caps. That's it. Or, you know what I'm saying? That's what you do. So that when you actually get down with real good caps, you're going to be a fucking master. So that was the teaching that he, that was his philosophy with me was, uh, using that and then with Menace uh, they used to teach us like in B2B they used to teach us how to make our own caps you know I'm sure a lot of people out there know what's up with that um, with hot needles and like st- he would just grab, grab like sticks off the ground from paletas paleta sticks and like you know plug them in on these rusto caps um, or and uh, just like make these really thin lines like we, we would just make our own caps to make shit happen, you know, hot needles was a big thing. Um, just manipulating the nozzle, and that's something that I didn't know until I until I was with them. Um, and, and then later on, a few years after that, not too long, like German outlines came out. I'm sure, I don't know if you remember those yeah. gray ones. Yeah. And it was like, dude, what the fuck? Like they they're actually making these for us now. So that was a game changer. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, like you said. The caps in itself, they're they're a very important tool uh, in our toolbox for us, like big time. I mean, it, it makes things easier for us. You know, it, it makes it look better, right? But it, it's 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 just like any other. Um, it's just like any other job. It's like you need your proper tools to to get the job done right. You know what I mean? So if you want to make it look good, you gotta get you gotta have the right tools. You know, like. I mean, sure, you could like make your own caps for so much, so much time. But I mean, it's cool. It's nice to have a little bit of help in regarding caps because it makes your job a little bit, a little bit easier. But yeah, I mean, you have to take that into consideration. The planning of a wall or bombing, got to have the right cans, the right paint. Um, you know, just all of that. It's knowledge. Yeah. Oh, knowledge for sure. It's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trip. I mean, you have to plan. You have to plan it. Or else it ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen if you're not gonna like do it right. You're gonna half ass it, you're gonna be whack, you know, you're gonna be you're gonna be a toy, like you know. So that's the last thing you wanna be, you know. But I mean, we're all toys when we started. I was a toy. I still think I'm a toy every once in a while when I fuck up, but you know, it, it, everything everything has to come together somehow one way to make to make to make the product look good. You know, like my dad said, you know. You gotta take care of all those little parts of that machine to make to make it look good somehow. You know? So, Karnal, we've talked about uh, your education, your upbringing, uh, your philosophy on hip hop, um, and how much it has uh, meant to you, essentially, right? Um, oh, God. yeah. Lo and behold, you just hosted yeah. a pretty yeah. huge event yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah. So, uh, Grown Chill, Grown Chill, Chicago happened. Um, September 24th, 25th, 26th. It happened on multiple walls. Uh, I'll start from the beginning. Um, this started off 
we have we have chapters, we've got policy chapters in Phoenix, LA, Seattle, and Texas. Uh, so we're about 65 deep now, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, that, that's the last roll call that we took. And so Nervik from Phoenix, he's one of the heads out there, Gravaholic members, super dope guy, bomber, piecer, all around super cool dude. Um, him and Spock, his brother Spock, who's actually, he came to Chicago and painted. Um, he started Grill and Chill in Phoenix. It was like this small local, just paint jam. Um, so the, the, the reason they call it Grill and Chill, first of all, is because we go, we're under the, the umbrella, we're Gravaholics, but it's GA, Gravaholics. Uh, we put GAK, GAC, but in this case, it's GAC, Grill and Chill. That's kind of like what it was. And so they started that thing and he invited me out. So I flew out there to Phoenix and painted. And then um, um, I was like, dude, he had like over a hundred riders from like, like all over the country, like big, like just all over. And I was like, damn, dude, this is big. He's like, yeah, we're trying to make this bigger. And I was like, you mind if I do this in Chicago one day? He's like, no, run with it, cool. So then I came back and then they had it in Seattle our chapter in Seattle with Hyper and Dez and them, super cool cats, a lot of uh, awesome people up there in Seattle. We had it in Everett, uh, Washington, super nice town, really nice. Um, they had it out there. And then they, I think they had a small one in LA. I don't remember if they did. And then they had another one in Phoenix. So then I was like, you know what? It's Chicago's turn. Like we have to, we have to host it. And uh, we did. Uh, and we we somehow uh, we somehow put it together here in Chicago. We we didn't have it. We wanted to make it bigger. We, we wanted to have about a hundred people. Um, but since it was our first event, I never had anything like that. So uh, we had about I think about fifty, about forty five to fifty artists. Some of them were local, um, and majority from out of town. We had like a lot of people from Texas. I mean, I had no idea. I mean, shit, I didn't know there was such a big graph scene in Texas. I mean, tons of people uh, from El Paso, Houston, uh, man, all over. We had L.A., uh, man, Phoenix, Seattle. Oh, my God. Um, just I don't I can't even uh, recall, but a lot of people, uh, a lot of heavy hitters from L.A. too. like Lord's crew came out. Uh, we had C's. Um, Tons of, I mean, I can't even name all, all Snook and Lace from uh, from out there from Texas. Um, peace out to them, super cool guys. Um, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was, it wasn't easy putting it together. Um, I, I had a lot of help from my crewmates; they helped out a lot. Um, um, personally, I I never had to like put anything like that together, so I, I struggled, um, but I, I was on top of it. I was on top of it. Uh, I tried to be on top of it. Uh, we had a couple little mishaps there, but it was successful, and it was a, a really good, a really good learning experience for myself. And I'm glad that it worked out. And my my whole job or my priority, my idea was to make Chicago look good. You know what I'm saying? As a crew and as a city, I wanted to showcase Chicago that we're we're a friendly town. And we're willing to open up our arms here to, to outside writers and stuff like that. Because a lot of them, majority of 90% of them haven't been here before. So 
I really wanted to show them a good time and uh, take care of them. We fed them. Um, they didn't have to go anywhere to buy paint. I think they went to a couple shops to buy some paint, but uh, the point was to take care of them and let them know that they can come back at any time. And, uh, you know, again, having a good time and spreading the love and, and, and make it even bigger. Because because of that, I have a lot more friends and they have a lot more friends here in Chicago. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to crack it back open. You know, we wanted to crack it open. So, and it worked out. I mean, luckily the weather was great. It was beautiful. It was like 72 degrees all weekend. No cops, no gangbangers. I was really concerned with like uh, their safety. The, uh, their biggest concern when I was taking notes, I spoke to every single artist personally. It was like their safety because of what they saw on the news and stuff, you know. And uh, so we made sure that uh, we took care of them. And uh, we, everything worked out, luckily. So um, it was an honor to have all of them here in town. And um, and uh, made some good friends, man, along the way. Which you can't beat that, right? That's that's really the, the best thing about it was making making new friends. So how, how is that funded, bro? Uh, that was all underground, dude. That was, this was, this, that was all us, man. That was... Um, out of pocket, you know, uh, the crew members helped out. Uh, it, yeah, it was all just out of pocket. I mean, uh, a few of the crew members, um, I know Ecta sells paint. He's one of our new uh, crew members, super cool guy, super talented. Uh, he's an entertainer as well, uh, but he was able to supply people with paint. Um, but it was funded. It was all just out of pocket, man. You know, I mean. We uh, we wanted it to break even, but that 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 didn't happen. Um, but we made it happen, you know. So did you guys cover like uh, hotels and uh, where people were staying as well? Oh no, they they took care of their own things. We just took care of the walls and, and the food and like shirts and like uh, the paint. We wanted to make sure that they were being taken care of, so they didn't have to travel far. In other words, because uh, they they didn't know that we don't have shops here for paint. They didn't know that it was illegal to sell spray paint here. Like it, it's, I know, right? It's like, what? It blew their mind. They're like, what? Like, you can't, you can't buy spray paint in Chicago. It was like, no, you can't, dude. Like, it doesn't happen. You need to, when you have, we have underground shops, you know, you know that. Yeah. People selling paint yeah. in like their basement and shit like that or attic. Um, um, oh, you got to go out to the burbs. But it, it was all uh, funded by our crew. Yeah. We, uh, we, we put that together ourselves. And I'm very, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of our crew uh, for uh, supporting the event and uh, everyone else also who flew in. Um, uh, Rain from Lord's Crew, a uh, big ups to her. She uh, she uh, came in and like I barely I met her that day and that weekend, and she was able to help me out during the event on the main wall, just like communicating with the other artists and stuff like that. She's also have she's gonna have a big jam called. Uh, bizarre art festival in january in northern california she has like 90 artists come out on one giant wall so i'm looking forward to that i'll be out there in january to go paint there um but yeah i mean it was all about uh just bringing people together man so where was uh the main wall at uh the main wall was at 19th and fairfield in uh little village or pilsen i call it pillage it's like little village and pilsen kind of thing it's like right in the middle, right by La Unidas uh, Brewery. There was a big-ass wall right there. We we fit about 24 artists on that wall, the main wall. And then we have walls on – we use our own walls on 26 Neighbors, 26 in Ridgeway, 
we had a, a wall with uh, that. That main wall was actually KCM's wall. Big ups to KCM and Muzzle and uh, Bell and Fina. Uh, they they helped out a lot for sure. Also CWB with Bane, um, Mavi and like um, Craze, uh, Super Cool Cats. They 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 sponsored their own wall on Pulaski and uh, shit, what was that? Pulaski and Fullerton. They had a big wall there where they they allowed us to use that wall for the event as well. So it was a, it was a, it was a, we all kind of, they all have, they all helped out. You know, I reached out to see if they wanted to help out. So it was a collaboration cruise. Um, and uh, it worked out, you know, I'm happy for it. So dude, um, it's almost coming full circle, right? Like you started um, in little village. That's where, that's where you live. That's where your dad had his uh, print shop. Um, and now here you are giving back, um to the community essentially right you have this huge event where you're bringing artists uh from a bunch of different cities and you're you know you're painting in the hood you're representing uh the city um how does that feel man what does that mean to you oh wow it was amazing um yeah it started to hit me just recently honestly because i tried not to think about it um it was amazing it was um i felt like i was just like giving back you know, I, I remember painting just a few blocks from there when I was a kid. And then now it was like I was hosting one of one of the, a pretty large event with like serious artists, like some really legit artists who were famous. It was really cool. It was a really cool feeling. And I was humbled by it, to be honest with you. You know, I was just like, wow, like they trusted me to come out here. And I was. And I was, uh, it felt really good to get back. And I love that it was in the hood, in the neighborhood that I grew up in. It was, uh, it was beautiful, man. It was, um, I had a really good time, man. I, I can't even put it into words. It was awesome. It's beautiful. So as you're talking, dude, what I keep on thinking about is like inviting someone over to your house, right? Um, and you taking such pride in, in showing it off and uh, making such a good impression, you know? I know we all know about 26th Street, right? And well, not other, not everyone, but um, the pe- people who are listening might relate, or I know you relate. But um, I was like uh, placing people in certain spots on the wall on purpose, like people from LA or Seattle. I was I was specifically putting them in, in on the walls on 26th Street because I I was I wanted them to experience like that neighborhood, you know, like the people. You know what I'm saying? Like, for a reason. I, I put them there for a reason. And it actually worked out because they were able to give me this feedback. In other words, I wanted to show off Little Village. Yeah, yeah, dude, I get it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, man, I want them to see this. They need to see this and experience it and smell it and see the people. And, you know, that guy who fucking, who's on the bike singing all the time on 26th Street? <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um India Lopez and like the shops, the dollar stores, like the, uh, man, even your occasional gangbanger walking by smoking a blunt, you know, um, that's the hood. That's the hood. And the guys from LA and from Texas, I put them all together and some other people as well. I got some feedback from them. I was like, Hey, how was it? How was it? I wasn't at that wall. I had my, my, my guy work. He was overseeing that wall. And, um, uh, they were like, dude, this is amazing. Like the neighborhood was fucking so cool. I never experienced this before. I was like, dude, this is like where I grew up. This is like our, our neighborhood. And I wanted to show off the neighborhood. You know, I really wanted to show it off because I'm proud of it, even though how, how it can be a little shitty at times or whatnot. 
but hey, it's it's it, it was home for me, you know, and and I wanted them to see it and experience it because when you they just had to, man. I just had to give it to them, you know. They had to see it, and they had a good time. So I'm very proud of Little Village. They uh, they were a good uh, six man, you can say. Uh, they they backed it up. Karnal, like I love that. You know, I love the way you described uh, the hood, uh, our hood. You know, little village. Um, it being the six man and it holding up its its part, right? Like it being and it representing what it means to us. Like that's such a dope description, because if you're from a little village, if you come from a neighborhood that's um, that you know that has its troubles and and you know that, that that makes you grind there's a certain level of love that that's developed right and and to want to showcase it is so fucking dope so moving forward bro like uh where do you go from here where does uh graphic graphaholics go from here oh my god yeah good question where is graphaholics going man uh lately we've been on a high dude like the past, I'm going to say, I know COVID was like a, it was a big thing all over the, all over the world. Uh, and, but at the same time, um, it brought a lot of people together, but uh, I know it sounds kind of weird, um, but uh, it was, it was, it was good for us. Not, you know, it was, it was good for us. It brought a lot of people together. Um, um, we have. A lot because of the event that we had, um, we have a lot of people interested in joining Graphaholics. Um, so it's actually going to get even bigger and larger. Uh, a lot of heavy hitters are going to, uh, they're, 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 they were talking to me and other people. They're like, yo, we're interested in the movement. It's a pretty big movement right now. So we want to just keep the momentum going. Um, is there a plan or some sort of... Uh, route that it's gonna go i don't know like it's it didn't have one before so um does it really need one maybe but i like i like how it's how it's so raw it's always grabaholics and our crew has always been a very raw thing um it, it, it's just it is what it is it's art it just goes and you know follow follow keep the momentum going and we have to keep it going um we're trying to our idea our idea is to uh hit the um hit new york he, uh, hit the east coast um i think we'll we would all be satisfied if we uh hit new york one day or, or somewhere out west or florida somewhere out there make the event over there um but that's kind of like what we're thinking just keep expanding keep having fun um and whatever comes along dude just like it, it's a it's a it's a ride and i know things come to an end sometimes but um I just want to keep going with it, man. It's it's a lot of fun, dude, and it's exciting to know. It's almost exciting not to know what's around the corner regarding where the crew is going or the organization. Oh, for sure, man. It makes perfect sense, man. It's like uh, sky's the limit. So looking back, dude, we we've talked quite a bit about like uh, you know the process of you getting involved in hip hop. Looking back, what influence has uh, hip hop had on your life? Oh, everything. Um, hmm. I, um, it, it just made me stronger. It, it gave me a really good uh, work ethic. It helped me build that like strength within me and myself and the confidence, honestly, confidence was a big, huge thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I was, a, I was a really shy kid. 
super shy when I was growing up. And I'm still a shy guy. Like, I'm still, if I was to meet you and then people in person, I'm a pretty quiet dude, pretty, very reserved guy, you know. But uh, when it comes down to getting down and stuff like that and, like, being involved with, with, like, graffiti and crews and meeting new crews, it's like I'm all in it. It's because of because of hip hop. It it builds confidence. You know what I'm saying? It 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 gave it. It's giving me an outlet and a door for me to go through, and it keeps opening doors for me constantly, constantly. You know, it's always opening doors for me. That's because I've been put. I put a lot of work into it, a lot of work into it, a lot of thought into it, and a lot of love. You got to put a lot of love in it, and it will give it back, and it shoots it back even faster than your than. Than you, than you would think and you got to be ready to accept it because it it um it just keeps opening doors for me man and i'm i'm overwhelmed by it sometimes like right now after the event was super important for us i gotta say again the event super important but hip-hop made it happen it it's what united all of us and it saved my life man honestly dude like i don't know where i who i would be or where I would be if it wasn't for hip hop. I don't know if I would be doing my career, you know, or be as strong to to do a lot of things. It just gave me a lot of confidence in general. It's like going to the gym. You know, you build all that, you know, you're strong, you feel strong and stuff. But for me, it's like being part of hip hop and being it's in my blood. It's in my thoughts every day. And um it uh it just gives me the confidence every day to move forward and live. So it totally changed my life completely, completely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's love, dude. I, I, I feel the exact same way, which leads me to the next question, right? For shorties, like, what do you think hip-hop could do for shorties? Or what advice do you have for shorties who are getting involved in hip-hop? Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Or how do you even school shorties, right? Like... Right. Nowadays, right? It's like now, now you're, I mean, legit, now you're a cat who's like established in hip hop, right? Now you're a cat who's a fucking like, like legit artist and like, look, like, you know, he's, he's, you're, you're fucking, you're there in hip hop. You're there in fucking like the career world, right? So how do you, how do you mentor? How do you teach? How do you fucking like, like involve kids in this fucking subculture that's so valuable to us? Wow. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Um, well, yeah, again, um, I could answer that in multiple ways. The first thing I'm going to say is like, how do you do that in today's world? Right. Right. So a lot of the influence now comes from like multi, uh, like social media. So personally, if I was to encounter myself when I was younger, nowadays, that's how I'm going to take that question mm-hmm. is, is like, almost as if how Riddle took me in, like, hey, I, I see it in you. And um, stick with it. Don't be, in other words, don't have fear, man. Don't be scared. Don't, don't have, because fear is the biggest enemy in, 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 every, in every one of us. So don't be scared if you feel so, like you feel like you want to do something like that. Don't be scared. Like, give it a, give it a shot. You don't know if you're going to be good at it or not. Just give it a shot. Lose that fear. Also. Um, if you're into art, music, dance, um, fucking clay work, uh, whatever, uh, keep at it. Just keep working. It doesn't even have to be related to hip hop in general. 
just just be uh, be a strong person to and be real to yourself. Know what you want and go and get it. Don't be scared because it's gonna reward you. You know what I'm saying? So in other words, those are my those that would be my like my advice for them is like, okay, yeah, I paint and stuff. You want to be a painter, but first you need to figure out what you like, what you want, and what drives you, what makes you happy. So be happy. Do what you do. What you what makes you happy, and hip hop will find you. Believe me, I wasn't looking for hip hop or like uh, graffiti or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? It, it it'll find you. It will find you if you're in it, and you love it. It'll it'll love you back. So just stay stay real to yourself, man. Be real and don't be don't be scared. Don't have no fear, bro. No fear, my brother, and uh, you'll be okay. That's fucking dope, dude. Like you know what? Like you said it. And like you said it and automatically it fucking clicked, you know, like because that's one of those things, right? Like hip hop will find you and shit. Like it, oh yeah. I'm yeah. fucking looking for it. Like I'm gonna go look for fucking hip hop and I'm gonna be no it just no. it's organic as fuck. Oh it, it once it gets you, dude, you are so high on it. I I feel it all the time. Just like I, I ride my bike everywhere. I'm a, I, you know. And I feel it all the time on my bike. I feel it. It's just like me riding around, looking at the neighborhoods when I, when I commute. It's like, it, it's, I see it everywhere. I, when I ride by my bike, I see all this graph and I see the people. I see the kids on the train. You know, it's like, it's all over. It's, it's, it's around us. And you, you could easily tap into it if you want to. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's more than just graph and music and all that. It's, it's, it's just life in general. It's a, it's a way of it's a way of thinking it's a way of life you know it's a perspective that you you could take every day <laughs>